This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there, a tad predictable listeners. It's me, producer Guy. Uh, unfortunately, just a word of warning on this podcast. Today was sent it through because I wasn't there to produce because of the Liverpool game. And he sent me a lovely little message with the recording. I forgot to plug in my mic so the sound quality won't be at its best. So yeah, just a word of warning. I've had to cut out the intro here, which you'll 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 go straight into the guest after the intro music but i just wanted to warn you guys it, it, the sound quality isn't what it usually is for for today was sure we can only apologize for that hopefully it's still listenable i've had a little listen through there uh i've took out well the worst bit was probably the intro but it is not the best sound quality hopefully you give it a go if you don't listen we understand but yeah do do give it a try it might be too too much for you but it's still a good show if you can get for it do let us know but next week and the next show we'll we'll be back to its usual high standard of uh, of audio quality but yeah apologies from me today and everyone on epl index do try to enjoy the show apologies again happy listening if you do thank you here's sam maximan oh it's brilliant taken away by wicks let's see oh it's glorious Rousey strikes yes! it! Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant! A Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to him. Menez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2 0. Jesse Lingard! Oh, thumping finish! The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, Mitch Letizier. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me, mate. Um, always a pleasure. Um, am I confident of beating that? Well, it's a bit of a game of chance, isn't it? I'm not sure how good I am, at it, to be honest with you, but 12 isn't great, is it? Well, what was the winning score? It was a lot more than that last year, wasn't it? Um, 18, yeah, I think 19? Like yeah, it was about 18. Yeah, so there's a bit of scope for improvement. So I'm, I'm confident I might be able to beat 12. 15 might be a stretch, so. We'll, we'll see how you get on. And look, um, you know, whether you're confident or not going into a game, we've seen with some of the games this past midweek that it's possible to just get a four line that people aren't expecting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that 
Southampton result. And I would be remiss if I didn't ask for just your brief opinion off the bat on that Southampton Tottenham game, which ended up being a really exciting game. Um, I don't think it's an over exaggeration to say I think that's the best we've played for about five years. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I, I, from uh, from I my perspective, we were, the, I thought we were really good. The energy levels were really, really impressive for me. I, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to be able to maintain that. Was that a worry for you as well? Yeah, I mean, especially if you played extra time on Saturday as well. Um, but um, no, I, I switched on after about 25 minutes, and from then to half time, I thought, am I watching the right game here? <laughs> I thought, God, this is almost going too well, and then gets to half time, you think, oh, we're going to do that classic thing we always do play well first half, not take our chances, and then end up losing the game. But um, which it did look like that, obviously, when we went 2 1 down. Um, but yeah, good character to come, to come back, and I think. I think you do well to argue that we didn't fully deserve the three points, to be honest. I thought we were really, really good. It, I, I enjoyed that game. And it kind of broke a curse. So I was a bit happy, but sad as well, because there was the curse with Hazen Hutel and the dreaded West Coast. Um, you guys weren't winning too many games without the West Coast in the Premier League, but he stuck to his guns. He didn't wear us this time around and still ended up on top. Now, Alex is a bit of a fashionista. Do you share her sentiments in terms of how Hazen Houston dresses? Um, I'm actually, uh, as a coach myself, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the, uh, the when he wears the club shop, to be honest. Um, oh. And the, 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 the tight, uh, tight tracksuit bottoms and the, uh, and the cap is, is, is my thing, I think. That's what I want to see Ralph in. I don't want to see him messing around with you know, tight jackets and all that stuff he was doing at the start of the season. Get rid of all that. Get the tracksuit off. Get the job done. Oh, what what the what the team colours on the cap as well? Look, I, yeah. I, I personally I personally love the waistcoat. I, I thought he was bringing the class um, a bit higher up in the Premier League. But Mitch, we start off pretty pretty nicely for you here, and and, and I think the fixture gods uh, knew you were coming on. You you def- you came on a couple of weeks ago to do just two games for us, but they've thrown you in here with Man United versus Southampton, and I think that's quite a lovely way to start off. What are your thoughts um, heading into this game, Man United versus Southampton? Um, I would like to say, I thought, you know, obviously as a Saints fan, it was pretty good to see us play like we did last night. Um, and I'd be pretty confident, you know, Man United, as much as i I, I don't, I'm not one of these who's on the bandwagon with the, oh, it's Ronaldo's fault, blah, blah, blah. They can play without Ronaldo. I'm not, I don't believe that at all. He's, one of these, he's the best player that's ever kicked a ball. Of course, he's going to make you better. They just, for whatever reason, they can't find a combination that just seems to click for them. They've tried all sorts of players in all sorts of positions. They, they chub and change all the time. And it just doesn't seem to work. I don't understand why. Because they've got good players. Like, nobody can tell me that Jaden Sancho is not a good player or that, you know, Bruno Fernandes isn't a good player, but they just don't seem to click, do they? Um, so given that and, and how Saints played last night, I'd, I'd, be, I'd like to think we could probably try and get something out of this, to be honest. Um, I think I've gone for a 1-1 on the basis that uh, Randnick's now been Man United manager for 12 games, I think, in what I can count. Um, they've only scored more than one three times in those 12 games, and Saints have scored in all of their last seven Premier League games. So I'm going for 1-1. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I, from my perspective, with the mystery of Man United this season, I just 
I think it's it's one of those uh, similar to when Real Madrid kind of collected the Galacticos, where sure the players are impressive on paper, but I'm not sure they work well together. I mean, Varane is a a guy that likes to play in the high line. Maguire isn't, so there's a bit of contrast there already. Then midfield, they don't really have anyone that can sit in front of the defense. Um, a lot of them do like going forward, so there's issues as well. And then bringing in Ronaldo, uh, to me, he's both the arsonist and the firefighter, because Ronaldo's going to get his goal. As you say, one of you know the best two players to play ever play the game. You know, no, 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 so, he's the best. <laughs> and I'm, strong, I'm strong on this, and I won't be changed. He is the best footballer to the ball. Bringing the hot takes early, I, I like it. I like the confidence. Um, but yeah, in, in, in terms of you know, there's definitely no disputing the quality that he brings. But in that, I think he he'll still score goals. But I think United would have still scored that same amount of goals without him, just more spread out between the team. Whereas now he's kind of the central point in in, in their goal scoring. And I personally would have rather spent that money on like a defensive midfielder. Um, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. But I just, I just really can't stand this narrative that that he's made them worse. Like, it's people, the same people who said, you know, oh, last year or yeah, Juventus were worse with Ronaldo. Like the blokes scored twenty nine goals in Serie A last year, which is six more than Lukaku, and everyone was absolutely beside themselves when Lukaku comes to the Premier League. And yet Ronaldo was the villain, and he made everyone worse. It's just, it's just a nonsense narrative. I, I think he's an easy target. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so you've gone one-one with this one. Um, I, you know, I, I mentioned, um, you know, in the run sheet that I, I think Man United are under a bit of pressure in this game because the, the frustrating draw against Burnley. If they don't get a win in this game, they play again midweek um, against Brighton, and we'll get onto that game later on. But they can't afford not to win this game. But I think it's then suit Southampton because United are going to have to play on the front foot which they haven't looked so comfortable in. I, I, I think they look more comfortable on the counter-attack and conversely I think that's going to allow Southampton to not have to worry too much about dominating possession um, try and get on the counter-attack. We saw against Spurs some of those counter-attacks get the set pieces going. Southampton could be quite dangerous um, but in that second half against Spurs I thought Southampton were losing the ball when they were asked to be in possession. So at Old Trafford, just give United the ball. It's fine. Make sure, you know, it's disciplined at the back and try and get obviously set pieces for the counter attack with the likes of Goya. I've gone with a 2-1 Southampton win in this one. I, I, really, think that, I really think that United are under a lot of pressure. At Old Trafford, if, if let's say it's no no in the first 30 minutes, you know it's going to get antsy at Old Trafford. They're not happy at the moment. So the crowd can easily turn on them, and and I think that could be uh, to their detriment. And and speaking of turning, um, let's speak about the next fixture in terms of turning the fortunes around. Obviously, Brentford started off the season on fire, and then kind of got a few injuries to key players, like you know losing your your first team goalkeeper is massive, especially for a club like Brentford. They come up against Crystal Palace side who. I keep saying they look impressive in terms of the business they did, the approach of play they're wanting to do, Vieira coming in, but not always getting the results um, on, on, 
on, on the score sheet. What, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I was probably the biggest Brentford fanboy at the start of the season. I was telling everyone who'd listen, uh, Brentford are really good. They'll be absolutely fine. Really good side. And I looked really clever after about 10 games. People must have thought, oh, he knows what he's talking about. But it's massively turned on them, hasn't it? And um, my opinion's turned with it, to be honest. I, I know they've got a few points on the board, but I think they could be in trouble, you know. I'm a bit worried for them. Uh, I don't want them to go down quite like quite like Brentford. Uh, I think Thomas Frank's done a great job, but the way it's turned, I'd, I'd be very very worried. They've lost seven of the last eight, and the one they won in that in that eight was against Aston Villa. They went one 0 down, and they were probably. I mean, you probably struggled to say they were even worth a point in that game. I remember watching that game. Villa were pretty unlucky. I thought Villa were quite significantly a better side, so they could very easily be eight eight defeats on the spin. They've conceded. 18 in the last six. It's not great. Um, Tony, I think Ivan Tony's a doubt, isn't he? He's a doubt again. Didn't feature in the midweek game against Man City, so they'll be sweeping over his fitness. Yeah, and I think without him, they're they're a pretty average side, to be honest. Um, I know he's not got the goals, maybe that some people expected that he might have done, but he's he's got that presence and he and he offers a threat, doesn't he? So. Um, yeah, I'd be worried for Brentford here. Although, having said that, I was quite shocked when I had a look. Man, uh, Crystal Palace, obviously, everyone sort of thinks, oh, you know, done a great job, Vieira and Gallagher's and all that, but they've only won one game away from home, and that was at Man City. Um, which, which shocked me, I've got to be honest, when I, when I, when I looked that up. Um, so I struggled to That's go for a... The results just aren't coming. Like, it's, it's sort of one of those things where if you glance at them on match of the day, you're thinking, oh, this is an exciting squad. But then, where's the end product, you know? Yeah, I just... Like, yeah, uh, exactly like you. Every time I watch them play, I thought, I think, oh, these are decent, these. And then they're just, they're not putting results on the board that, that tell you that. Um, yeah, so to only have won one out of those 10 away games. That's, that shocked me. Obviously, that was against Man City as well. Um, there's some poor results in there. Like, they lost to Leeds and Leeds had like no players fit. But Hammond at Spurs. They drew three all at Burnley. Who could see three against Burnley? Like, <laughs> I I want to go for a Palace win because I've really turned on Brentford. I, I, I worry for them. But I struggle to go for a Palace win when they've only won one away game all season, as I said. So I am going to go for a blankety blank nil nil. Oh, sitting on no, no. Yeah, um, I look, I, it, it, I, I get where you're coming from. I do get where you're coming from there. Um, I think, I, I think if Palace can't beat this Brentford side, then we probably do need to worry about them. That, that's my thought process going in here. There's no excuse for them not to be seeing this game off. Um, obviously midweek they, the Zaha misses a penalty that could easily, you know. That turns that draw into a win. Against the struggling Brentford side, as you've mentioned, they seem to be taking a nose dive compared to how they started the season. I'd gone I'd gone a 1-0 Crystal Palace win where they just, you know, sneak it, but it, it wasn't a confident prediction. Uh, no, it's a tricky one to do this one, I thought. Yeah, very, very difficult. But and listeners, do let us know what your scoreline is for, for Brentford Crystal Palace, because I'll be quite interested for that one. Um and then we're staying kind of low in the table, and uh, look, it, it's for me the 
being a Liverpool fan. I'm one of those weird Liverpool fans, I guess it's weird, that I don't mind if Everton do well as long as they're one position below Liverpool. So if we win the league, they can come second. I can care less. But there are a lot mm-hmm. of Liverpool fans that are very happy to see Everton struggling at the moment and kind of hoping they go down. Um, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Everton? And then they come up against the lead side that showed a bit of fight in the team. Yeah, it did. Um, I watched a bit of that because it was sort of, it started a bit later than the Sunday game. So I think I watched the last 15 minutes of the first half, which was, there was about six goals in it. And I watched the last 15 minutes of the game as well. Um, yeah, Everton's a funny one, isn't it? You, I don't know. It's, it's incredible how you can spend that much money. I mean, they're kind of like Man United on a smaller scale in terms of that they've spent absolute fortunes and they've got nothing to show for it. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I think if you go through the list of what they've spent their money on, it's 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 incredible. It really is. Um, and I mean, Benitez was never going to work there, was he? Really? With the Liverpool legend thing, it it just wasn't going to work. What's the best that could happen? Him, no matter what he did, unless maybe he won a trophy or something. It was always never going to be seen as good enough, in no. my opinion. And then also, on the other side of things, let's say if Duncan Ferguson has the job and he's struggling a bit, the fans are still going to back him. But if Benitez is struggling, they're going to turn on him so quickly. So it's, oh, it's, yeah. The first chance they got, they turned on him, didn't they? Yeah, it, it was it was always a puzzling appointment for me. Um, but yeah, Leeds, obviously... Unfortunate for them, the, the Bamford setback, I think that has derailed them somewhat this season. But yeah, yeah we mentioned the fight back um, in midweek. And yeah, I was similar to you where I was watching the Spurs Southampton game and kind of those 15 minutes between half time and then the end of the game, I was able to catch uh, glimpses of, of Leeds midweek. But um, in terms of score predictions for this one, uh, what have you got? Uh, I mean, Everton and Everton have won one and fifteen, and that was that Arsenal game, which was again a bit of a funny one, wasn't it? And that um, you probably have said Arsenal were quite comfortably the better team for probably seventy minutes of that, and then obviously tomorrow Gray scores a screamer in the last minute. But you know, struggle to put Everton up as a as a winner. Um, Leeds have scored three in the last two away games: one at Villa, one at West Ham. Sorry, they drew at Villa and one at West Ham. They also scored two away to Chelsea. So I think Leeds like a high scoring away game. Um, I'm going to go for 3-2 Leeds. It would be exciting. That would definitely be one I'll tune in for. 3-2 um, to Leeds there. Up. I went with 2-2. Two, two. Um, so not as high scoring as you, but I just think both teams look a bit suspect defensively, which is going to lead to goals. I mean, that Newcastle game for, for Everton, Lampard's got a lot of work to do with especially figuring out how he's going to use both Deli Ali and Donny Van Dijk. I thought it was weird getting both in. Um, but yeah, we'll I know how that. he gets in. Um, but yeah, let, let's move on to Watford versus Brighton. Now, Brighton are a weird team in that they can't seem to buy a win um, so far this season. And it, it kind of got the fans a bit disgruntled um, to the surprise of Graham Potter, who... I wouldn't be surprised if he's not at Brighton next season, but I, I guess that's, that's a whole nother podcast on that. But Watford, they've made themselves tougher to beat. Um, 
their losses are all coming as like one nil losses of, of late. Um, obviously, they played Tuesday against West Ham. It was one nil there again. Do you think the fact that um, Brighton haven't played midweek, are they going to be rusty or are they going to be well rested for this game? Because it could go either way for me. Yeah, they can, it can, can't it? Sometimes, sometimes you see like. Uh, it happened over Christmas, didn't it, where some teams had like two and a half weeks off because they had a couple of postponements and stuff. Um, some of them came out sort of flying out the traps, didn't they? And I think, I can't remember who it was, it might be Man United, but um, remember seeing them play after like two and a half week break and they just looked so far off the pace. Um, so it can go either way. But I, I'm not a fan of Watford per se. I think you kind of think about them at the start of the season and you think, well, you know, they're scoring goals, they'll probably score enough goals to get out of this. But in the last five, they've scored one. Um, you know, and it's not like it's not like they've played the, the hardest teams in the world in that. The, the last five games were West Ham, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle and Spurs. They've scored one goal and that was against Newcastle. Um, and I think that was late on, if I remember rightly. I think there's a late equaliser for them. So they are not scoring any goals at the moment. Now, Brighton, obviously... As you say, Brighton play some good football. Big fan of Graham Potter. Big fan of how they play. But for whatever reason, they're just not great in the in the opposition box. Um, and I don't think that means to say that like someone like Neil Mopai, I think is a is a decent striker. He's not he's not a world beater, but he's not bad. Uh, Trossard's a good player. You just think like they should score a hell of a lot more goals than they do, um, Brighton. But uh, the chances are they'll probably only need one here. Um, and and Watford have shown us that one goal usually is enough to get them off late. Oh, exactly. And and Brighton have scored in all of their last five away from home, and some of those were against decent sides: West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester. Um, they won at Everton. They drew the other four, four all, uh, four all, one all. Um, I kind of, you kind of get the impression that if Brighton score one, it's probably be enough, wouldn't it? So I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a nil one Brighton victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to match you on that one. Um, I, I thought it was going to be no one where Brighton just do enough to get over the line. Watford, they haven't shown me yet offensively that they're able to rekindle what they kind of had, you know, in the earlier parts of the season. Um, I'm not as confident with them as you say as well. It's just hard to be confident of them staying up. But the, probably the one thing that I do kind of have confidence in is. Roy Hodgson, somehow he always figures out a way to get teams out of you know sticky situations. But this is this is poor order if, if he can if he can do that. And speaking of getting teams out of sticky situations, now Mitch, you know Norwich are the unofficial official unofficial team <laughs> of the yeah. and you were very vocal uh, about them being the, the team <laughs> of the podcast for this year. You were not a fan of that, and. They're starting to show some signs of life, Mitch. Um, is, are you willing to, re, you know, retract your 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 hatred for Norwich being up oh, this season? Oh, I never said I hated Norwich. <laughs> I just said, and they were at the time, that they weren't very good. Now, full credit to Dean Smith. He's he's dragged something out of that side that I I didn't know was in there. I didn't think they'd have the quality to score enough goals to stay up. But somehow he's got, I mean, I don't think that Sargent's a great player, but he's, he's banged a couple in. You've got Pookie scored the other night. Um, I mean, it would be a phenomenal effort if he kept them up. 
phenomenal effort. But the fact that he's even got them where he's got them now, um, what are they? They're a point off behind Newcastle. You know, they're, they're banged there, aren't they, with a chance? And, and to even be there after the start that they had, you have to give Dean Smith and, um, and his side a hell of a lot of credit. Um, now, they're playing Man City. <laughs> <laughs> um, they beat, didn't they beat Man City last time they were in the Premier League? Quite early in the season. With three yeah, two or something at, at, against them at, at um, Carroll Road, I think. Um, I'm, you get a struggle to, to go against Man City here. Um, Man City have won 14 of their last, 13 of their last 14 Premier League games. And do you know the only team they haven't beaten that time? Southampton. Yeah, that point, that point was, it, it, it's right. Really impressive point for Southampton there. Yeah, so, um, one thing with Man City, I would say this year, is they're not blowing teams away like, like they were. Um, they think they beat Leeds six or seven, didn't they, just before Christmas. I think they got six on Boxing Day against Leicester. But generally, I feel like, I might be wrong because I haven't looked this up, but I feel like they're just doing enough a lot of the time this season and winning 2 0 and 3 0. I don't think, uh, there's a couple, last year or the year before, they, they were smashing teams up five and six and seven and eight on a regular basis. Um, Oh, I might look stupid when I go and look this up after, but um, my perception of them is that they're only sort of doing enough this season. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 Manchester City win. 2-0 Man City win. And I I do wonder, um, because as, as you say, in terms of just doing enough to win the game, they also, when they score, they don't lose the game. I don't think they've lost the game from a winning position this season. Um, so... But you can't get the ball off them, can you? Once they go one, you can't get the ball. And what it makes me think of is, I think Pep maybe has gone into this season thinking, look, previous seasons would go absolutely destroy teams where we're playing in fifth year for most of the game. By the end of the season, when it comes to those important Champions League games, maybe the legs aren't as fresh as they would like. Whereas if they manage games and kind of just suffocate you out of the game, as you say, one goal, two goals is enough for City, and, and they've shown that this season. Let's kind of coast in third gear, and they, they, they're good enough to do that with the majority of teams. Is get in front, let's coast through the rest of the game, you know, not be too, you know, not exhaust ourselves a little bit, because we all know that Champions League is, is the one they really want this season, and yeah. they are looking... Um, pretty good and, and looking comfortable in the Premier League and comfortable enough that they can kind of put all their eggs into that um, Champions League and still win the Premier I mean, it's such a luxury for them. Uh, but yeah, Norwich, look, they've, they've been amazing. Um, I, I never doubted them for a second. Uh, that's, obviously <laughs> that's obviously why I picked them at the start of the season. Uh, but yeah, as you say, huge credit to Dean goals are starting to come in as well as you say um, but yeah this isn't the game you've you got to pick and choose the games when you're going to win I, I, I don't I've gone 4-0 to Man City um, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh but I just think there's a little bit of our City going to have an eye on Sporting Lisbon you know in the Champions League but 
I just think I just think that the squad players that may play in this game are vying for a, a place in that Champions League squad. So they're probably going to want to be quite emphatic with this win and give Pep some headaches for the midweek. Yeah, so I've, I've gone 4-0. Don't worry, Norwich. I still love you. Um, it, it, you know, we'll focus on other games to win. This, this isn't a game that you have to win. Uh, and you just kind of hope that the other teams around them don't do so well. But Mitch, we've come to the halfway point of this podcast. So let's see how well you do when it comes to bank it or burn it. Are you, are you feeling nervous? Are you ready? What, what, yeah, I what am. I'm feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit nervous. The pressure's on here. Um, if I, if I don't beat this 12, I will never live it down in my house and I'll never be able to walk in my front door and hold my head up high again. So big pressure, but I'm ready to deliver. Yeah, look, 12 is the minimum. We, we can't go below 12 here, Mitch. Um, but, you know, Alex showed she's very competitive and she went all the way through to the sudden death last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back, you know, next time we have her on, she comes back with a monster score because um, she has done that in the past. But we'll, you know, go through the rules for those that are listening for the first time. Um, I'm going to put 15 seconds uh, on the clock here. And then Mitch is going to try and answer all five of the questions in each of the five rounds before that 15 seconds runs out. I'm going to read each question. If Mitch thinks the situation is going to happen, he's going to shout bank it. If he thinks the scenario is not going to happen, he's going to shout burn it. Um, and then we'll kind of go through the fixtures that we've already gone through um, so far on this podcast. So that is Man United, Southampton, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Everton, Leeds. Watford, Brighton, Norwich, Man City. And the questions, just so Mitch can get his bearings here, and, and you guys playing at home can also write them down if you need to. Um, so A is possession over 55% to the home team. B, over three offside. C, over 30 clearances. D, outside the box goal. E, point to the heavens goal celebration. Um, you got those, Mitch? Yeah, yeah, got it. All right, cool. So your first fixture, Man United versus Southampton. Let's see how we get on. Your time starts now. Position over 55% to the home team. Bank. Over three offside. Bank. Over 30 clearances. Burn. Outside the box goal. Burn. Points to the heavens goal celebration. Burn. Oh, brilliant stuff. What time to spare as well. He's a natural. Oh, that's look. I'm I'm always happy when someone's doing it their first time and they're able to get through all the questions because I I guess I'm to blame as well if you guys don't. Yeah, pressure's on you, really, isn't it? I know. I've only got to say one word. You got to actually read the question. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a good start. It's a good start. Is is that has that eased the nerves a little bit to get that first one out of the way? Yeah, I'll tell you about half past two on Saturday. Awesome All right, okay, we got Brentford versus Crystal Palace. Let's have another good one here. Your time starts now. Position over 50% to the home team. Burn. Over three offside. Bank. Over 30 clearances. Burn. Outside the box goal. Burn. Point to the heavens goal celebration. Burn. Brilliant. That was brilliant. Awesome stuff. Yes, we'll let the we'll let the clock run out just so people know that you know the clock was on. Mitch is really good at this. Um, all right, 
right, Everton versus Leeds. Let's see how you get on in this one. You predicted 3-2, uh, so a high-scoring game. Let's see how that obviously affects your predictions in this one. Right, your time starts now. Position over 55% to the home team. Burn. Over three offsides. Bank. Over 30 clearances. Bank. Outside the box goal. Bank. Points to the heavens goal celebration. Bank. Oh, brilliant. You're playing the odds there, right? Like, you got five goals. If one yeah, of them that, isn't... That was, that's my theory, yeah. If we got five goals, <laughs> probably get one of them from just outside the box, hopefully. It has to happen. It has to happen, surely. All right. Um, Watford, Brighton. Different scoreline in that one. You've gone one nil to Brighton, so see if that changes the answers there. Um, your time starts now. Possession over fifty five percent to the home team. Burn. Over three offsides. Burn. Over thirty clearances. Burn. Outside the box goal. Burn. Points to the heaven's goal celebration. Burn, baby. Burn. Oh. <laughs> Clean sweep of burn. That's brilliant. I I, I like that. And oh, that's that's an awesome round. Um, so yeah, guys, do look out for that one. Burns all the way around. We'll end off with Norwich versus Man City. This this has been a very confident debut, I must say, Mitch. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, let's see if you can end it off really well here with Norwich versus Man City. Your time starts now. Position over fifth passage zone. Burn. Over three offsides. Bank. Over 30 clearances. Bank. Outside the box ball. Burn. Point to the heaven's goal celebration. Bank. Ooh. Who did you have in mind? Oh, Mares. Oh, yeah. He does. He does. That's what I was thinking. He likes a little point to the sky, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yeah. Um, okay. So that, that went better than I could have expected. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. Uh, thanks for playing along. Those that played at home, do send through your predictions um, and then we'll kind of keep a hold of those. Some of them, you know, we, we do keep a hold of, so that's always good fun. Um, we'll move on along with the fixtures. The next fixture on our list is Burnley versus Liverpool. Now, obviously, Burnley got that 1-1 draw against Man United, and we touched a bit on that um, from a Man United perspective and the, the disappointment there. Um, Burnley have a whole host of fixtures that they need to get through. Um, obviously, one of them that um, that they're gonna have to get through against the Liverpool side who is playing tonight at the moment they they're leading if I'm not mistaken. Um, what do you think of Burnley versus Liverpool? I'm struggling to see Burnley scoring enough goals to stay up, um, uh, which is nothing against actually. I, I quite like both their forwards. Clavin um, Corne has been a bit of a revelation. He's got that little bit of quality that you kind of didn't expect from Burnley. Um, he was excellent at America, he scored two. Um, and I actually quite like Weghorst as well. Um, I thought he was very good in the Bundesliga. He scored a bucket for the goals. Was it last year or the year before? It might have got 20, as many as that. Um, but the issue, I think, with Burnley is the supply line. Um, they struggle big time to create chances for those forwards. And I don't really see a lot changing here. I think this will be a fairly routine Liverpool win. Uh, let's do we think the, the two African Nations boys will be will be back? Do we think they'll start? Did Salah start tonight? I didn't even look. Um, so Salah's on the bench tonight. He was there. Yeah, I thought he would be. Mane? Um, Mane flew back tonight. 
Um, so he should be back in training. I think they, they'll do an assessment session with him tomorrow, so Friday, um, and then kind of see where he's at. Obviously, this game's on Sunday, so that does give them, you know, at least two Yeah, days so that, to... that would probably say to me that Salah will start on Sunday and Mane be on the bench, you reckon? Something yeah, like I think so. Because there's also um, the Champions League game coming up as well. So maybe give Mane like 30 minutes in this yeah, game. That's, and then that's what I was thinking. So I'm going to go for 2-0. I think um, a very routine Liverpool win. Yeah, that that, that would be a routine win. Um, yeah, from my perspective, uh, with regards to the creativity for Burnley, I, I don't think it's helped that um, Dwight McNeil hasn't had the greatest season. Um, I've, I've kind of put, maybe it's just me putting really high standards on him and yeah, I, I think he's always been a bit overrated myself. I don't think he's ever delivered what people think he has. Um, yeah, and, and, and tidy player, but he's not. He's not special, and he doesn't. When do you ever see him beat somebody and and create a chance? That's that's what I lack with him. He's he's tidy, but he's not. He's not spectacular. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. And I think the thing is, when you're young, you can kind of get away with it. Because people, yeah. think, you know, the potential. He's gonna get there. He'll get. He's getting to that age where okay, you need to now start living up to to the hype that everyone had. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and whether or not he can, we, we you know time will tell. But in terms of this game, I'm I'm with you in terms of uh, a routine Liverpool win. Yeah, um, I went two 0 as well. Um, when I was doing this one, I think it's going to be. Uh, we we spoke about it with Man City in terms of managing the game. You know get in front and then kind of try and try and coast your way through the rest of the game, which is always dangerous in the Premier League because, um, you know, we've seen, especially midweek, that teams are going to fight uh, until the very end. So we'll see how they, they get on there. We've covered the, the, the African boys in terms of a Liverpool perspective. Um, from a Burnley perspective, obviously, they're going to be hoping Cornet can make it back for this one. Um, I think he's been the spark from a creative standpoint and him creating chances, you know, running in and around uh, Verghorst I think could be quite potent for them but yeah, I think Liverpool should have enough uh, to see this one off, especially if we, if, if there's any hope of, I, I don't know if they'll cap City but we know um, the, 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 the broadcasters will try and create a rivalry as, as far as they can create it, just you know, for the TV, so um, if Liverpool Slip up here, man. It, 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 it's looking like a procession walk for, for Man City. Um, certainly no procession walk for Newcastle. They go up against Aston Villa. Now, obviously, Newcastle were the club. I think most people were looking at this January window to see what are they going to do? What can they do? How much can they invest? We know the checkbook is a, is a lot more unlimited than it used to be. Do you think they did enough in, in this January window? And how do you see them shaping against an Villa side who, you know, that Coutinho signing is looking better and better with each game, but they've got to... Of course, the whole just game. a bit. He's looked great, <laughs> hasn't he? He looked like he just rocked up at whatever airport he landed at and just flicked the clock back four years. It's a phenomenal. It's incredible. incredible to watch. Yeah, is his football brain is just so far ahead of like I was watching that game the other night. You know the um, I think it was the second Jacob Ramsey goal where he cuts inside, yeah. and you can see that he's seen Ramsey making the run, 
and he just delays for an extra second just to let Ramsey make that run and then just drops it right in front of him. He's just, he, when he's on, he just, he, it's like he plays a game in slow motion and he, he sees things that other people just don't see and he's capable of executing it as well. He's, he's, I, I love watching him and he's a genius. And I think that, that's going to help a lot of the younger players as well because they're going to get to feed off of that. And yeah, someone like Wendy, I can learn a, a lot from him and, and become quite a player as well. Not bad being able to learn off Gerard and Coutinho. Um, if you're, I'm looking at Ramsey thinking. He yeah, him as well. Yeah. This, this is absolutely the perfect situation for me. But do you think it will be the perfect situation in terms of going to St James' Park? Yeah, I do. I do think for a little win. You, sorry, you asked me about Newcastle's window, didn't you? Um, Trippier, very good signing. Burn solid enough for a mid centre half target, better than what they had. I think that's a pretty good improvement at the back for them. And the one I find a bit weird with Newcastle is, I mean, I don't watch them every week, so some Newcastle fans might tell me different. But in my head, Federico Fernandez is their best centre half by a million miles, and he just never plays. It's a bit weird. It's a bit odd. Could be one of those training things where he just doesn't train well. Yeah, quite possibly. But, but um, yeah, I, I quite like him. So stick yeah. him in with those three signings, and you've got half decent back four, I think. Um, I still think Villa are a better side. Um, they signed well themselves. As I said, Coutinho, you know, he's actually, as we just said, is a genius. Um, the worry with Villa, I think, at the moment is, is, is Mings and Conser at centre back. They've, they've not hit the heights of. What they did um, at times last season, and, and even towards the back end of the year before, when they stayed up late on, um, Mings has really gone for the boil. Um, so obviously, he's he's not as reliable as what you'd like at centre back. Um, was it him or Conza that got sent? One of them got sent off the other night, didn't they? Right at the end. Conza, yeah. Conza, yeah. The second yeah. yellow card. That's right. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's going to be suspended. They have brought in Callum Chambers, so probably a little bit of an improvement. Although I quite like Courtney Horse, to be honest, I don't think he's bad at all. Um, I think Villa will just have enough. They've got they've got plenty going forward, and they Jacob Ramsey, as you said, Buendia, Coutinho, um, player we haven't seen enough of since he signed um, the boy, uh, Jamaican boy from Leverkusen, whose name has just completely gone out of my head. Bailey, um, very good. Obviously Danny Ings is a proven Premier League finisher, and Ollie Watkins is pretty good as well. It's, there's plenty of goals in that in that sort of attacking midfield striker position for, for Villa and I think Chris Wood hasn't exactly looked full of confidence since going to Newcastle and I think they're still going to struggle to score goals it might might help a little bit when Callum Wilson's back but um, for me Villa are still a fair way ahead of Newcastle so I'm going to go for a 2-1 Villa victory Interesting stuff and um, in terms of yeah in terms of this one obviously as we said Newcastle get that all important win against Everton in mid-east. Um, so I can imagine the atmosphere, to, especially to start off the game, is going to be really positive. The fans, we know St. James's Park, when it gets going, it really gets going. Um, and I always enjoy that atmosphere. As you mentioned, Aston Villa definitely, I think, the better side. But I do worry about that defence, especially when Conza's not. I think of the two, I'd rather have Conza than me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely at the moment. So if if he's not there, I'm worried who's going to be the person that organises that defence. I don't trust him to do it. And I don't know if Chambers is going to be too, you know, he's come in and he's probably maybe just not wanting to step on any toes. We've seen that with, for example, Spurs' defenders, and we will get on to Spurs soon enough, but 
where no one is willing to take that mantle and be the person that organizes that back. And I think when you've got a guy like Coutinho, who's already waxed lyrical about, he's just going to be able to, to pick them apart. I've gone 3-1 um, Aston Villa. Um, I, I, I think Newcastle, obviously, they've, that win was massive just to get them back in, 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 a, in a good position to, to make a charge towards the end of the season. And we'll see if they're able to, to maintain that. But we'll move on to our next picture. And it's a team I mentioned just now in Tottenham Hotspur. They entertain Wolves. Now, obviously, Mitch, you, you were very familiar with Tottenham um, midweek. What, what did you make of them? And they come up against the Wolves side who, they are very stingy when it comes to conceding goals, but I guess also scoring goals. Um, they're, I think, just behind Man City in terms of goals conceded this season. So for a Spurs side that I think personally hasn't figured out their offense yet, um, it's going to be a tough ask. I'd be a bit more worried about the other end, actually, for Spurs. Yeah, all right, they haven't got a sort of particular system that's particularly fluid. But for me, Tottenham have got... At best, a championship centre midfield and at best, a championship centre defence. Um, obviously, they've got quality players in attacking areas and Son and Kane. They've got a very experienced World Cup winning goalkeeper. The full-backs are a bit dodgy, but for me, the, their centre-halves are... Oh, I nearly swore them. Not great. Um, <laughs> I've been saying it for about three years with Tottenham. I, I don't understand why they haven't bought a centre-half or a centre midfielder possible. Um, since Ericsson went, they've, they've, they've had nothing in the central areas to, to create with. Deli Ali obviously went off the boil. Ndombele didn't turn out to be what, what they hoped that Ndombele was. Um, and um, uh, Benton caused tidy, but he's not um, he's not particularly a, a creative passing midfield player in, in the sort of Ericsson mould. So um, I actually think Tottenham should have gone for Van der Beek, to be honest. Um, that, that's what I would have tried to do if I was them. Uh, I think Kulazewski is a good signing. I'm a big fan of him. Um, I know he's only had fits and starts with Juventus, but um, he'll give them something that they haven't got um, alongside Kane and Son. But um, uh, the two goals that Saints scored in the last 10 minutes of the night showed you, I mean, both of them were laid back from the, I think it was Carl Walker-Peters overlapping, laid back to James Ward-Prowse in that right channel, obviously delivered two beautiful crosses. But when that ball goes back, I'm, I'm Trying not to sound like a coach now, but when that ball goes back 10 or 15 yards to get set back for that cross, not one Spurs defender tried to come out with it. And that just, you're just asking for trouble. Someone of Ward Prowse's quality is going to pick someone out if you're going to give them the chance to do it. And he did it twice and it cost them three points. Um, I would say with Spurs, I appreciate their results have been a lot better since Conte's been there. And I might be a bit blinkered by having watched them the other night. And I watched them against Chelsea in both League Cup semi finals and the league game. And I thought they were really poor. Um, I, I've not watched a lot of their wins, to be honest, but I'm not I'm not blown away by what I've seen um, from Tottenham. So I'd be I'd be involved here quite strongly. Um, massive fan of um, of the boy uh, Kilman at centre back. I think he's one of the best centre backs in the league. I think it's absolute certainty to go to the World Cup. Um, if he doesn't, there's something wrong. Uh, they've got four or five very good. Or those link players who play off of Jimenez. Um, the likes of obviously Neto's had a bad injury, but he looked really good last season. Uh, Daniel Pedenza, I think, is a very good player. Uh, the Korean lad, whose name I can't remember, is, is tidy as well. Um, I think I'm missing one. Obviously, Triori's gone now, isn't he? But um, yeah, they've, they've got they've got attacking options. They've scored buckets of goals, but like you say, they don't concede. They've kept. 
four clean sheets in the last five Premier League away games. They're just yeah, they're just dead solid, aren't they? They they are what you know when you get with Wolves. They're dead solid. They've got just about enough quality to get you a goal or two. They won't get battered. Um, I don't see them losing here. Um, really don't. I've, I've got the yeah. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for a Wolves win. I think Wolves will win one nil. One nil Wolves win there. Um, that will be a very good away win for them. Look, you know, you've touched on a lot of points that I agree with in terms of Spurs. Where from a midfield perspective, maybe the Benfica signing kind of helps with that. Having someone in midfield that's confident on the ball, being able to kind of dictate the tempo of the game and maybe control midfield a bit better. But how long is he going to take to, you know, to, to adjust to not only the Premier League, but just Conte's system and how he wants first playing. Um, defensively, Romero coming back hopefully helps them. Um, be a yeah, to, bit more yeah to be fair, I didn't mention him, did I? But he's, um, he's definitely a level above the rest of their centre-backs, the likes of Dyer and um, Davinson Sanchez and Tanganga and uh, even Ben Davis. I mean, they're not, they're not great, are they? To be fair. And that's the that's the problem for me is that they've got one that's good, but they're playing with three. <laughs> so yeah, so, so two thirds of it ain't great. <laughs> I, I'd rather play with the back two if I've only got one decent one. But but anyway, um, yeah. So so that's going to be something they need to solve in terms of the fullback. Um, Emerson Royale, I think offensively, I don't think he offers too much, and then defensively, sometimes he falls asleep. So that's a problem area. Regulon. Going forward, he's exciting. Um, not always the best end product, but at least he's exciting going forward. Defensively, I think he's a liability. Um, and then, as you say, up front, I don't think there's an issue there. I think they've got solid enough players in Kane and Son. Obviously, they're hoping Kane can get a little bit better and, and get back to the form that we know um, Harry Kane can get to. Um, and then, then you've got a couple of, like, Patch players who, you know, the Bergwines, the Lucases, who on any given day, they can pull off a worldie or they can just stink up the, the, the field. So you don't know what you're going to get from any of those kind of players at any given point, in my opinion. So you, from Spurs' perspective, you're hoping that it's one of those days that they do have a good game. Um, yeah, but you but can't yeah, rely on them. No, you can't. You can't predict something like that. Um, yeah, and, and I think Wolves, Gave them a lot of issues last time they played. I know it's early on in the season, different coach for Spurs and all of that, but I think Wolves, the continuity and, and how solid they've looked throughout the season versus a Spurs side who's very, I don't want to say unorganized, but the players haven't quite either adapted to contest style or don't necessarily have the quality to be able to adapt to contest style. It could be yeah. a bit of both. I think it's more that, to be honest. Yeah, and you, you kind of feel for content from that perspective. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've gone with the 2-1 Wolves win in this one. Um, so we've both gone with Wolves win. Um, we move on to Leicester versus West Ham. Now, we, we mentioned before Leicester playing Liverpool at the moment. Uh, still 1-0, uh, you know, time of recording to Liverpool. They come up against a West Ham side who got a 1-0 win midweek against Watford. Bowen's looking impressive. Um, I think that's that at the moment with Antonio not necessarily being the Antonio that started off the season, 
is the focal point for West Ham at the moment. Am I being too harsh on them? And and then also maybe you can touch on left and, and what you think they can do in this game. Yeah, Leicester's a bit of a funny one. You keep thinking with Leicester, oh, they'll, they'll pick it up, they'll pick it up. They just don't seem to be able to put a run together. Um, obviously, they've still got good players. Um, I think Vardy's had one or two injuries, hasn't he? And they've had a, a few COVID issues. I think Madison missed a few games as well, didn't he? So, a funny one, aren't they? Uh, I feel like West Ham are sort of staying in the race for fourth, kind of by default, in that they've played more games than everyone else and, and nobody else seems to be putting a run together to, to kick them out of it. But they're, they're still bang there, to be, to be fair to them. Uh, like you say, Antonio hasn't hit the height that he did at the start of the season, um, but Jared Bowen at the moment is kind of carrying that slack, and he's doing it well enough. Um, whether he's good enough to sustain that for the end of the season, I don't. I, I think it's it's probably fair to say that West Ham won't finish fourth if either Bowen doesn't keep up this phenomenal run that he's that he's on at the moment, or Antonio comes back to fourth. I don't see how they're going to score enough goals if um, if one of those two doesn't doesn't pull something out. So. Um, I'd be a little bit worried if, if I was West Ham with regards to Champions League. Um, but then again... I think, I, I think they need both of them. To, all to that, yeah. 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 I, I mean, they've one. got... The thing is, the teams are... Do you know what? If you, if Wolves won there, I'm just looking at the table there, if Wolves win their three games now, they'd be three points above West Ham as well, but they're not out of it. Um, yes. You know, Tottenham aren't... Like we just spoke about with Tottenham, they're not putting anything together. Arsenal, you keep thinking they put a couple of performances and you think, oh, here we go. And then um, they chuck in an, an Arsenal. Um, Man United just sort of, I don't know, even, <laughs> can't believe they're even close to top four how they're playing, but they seem to still be eking out some results, don't they? So it's um, it's anybody's game, that, um, that fourth spot. But I've, the way the others are playing, I wonder who will that be now. They could quietly sneak in there. They're not making a lot of noise. No, they're, they're just going them. about their business. They're solid. They're, they're getting it done. Like I said, they're not spectacular. They don't blow teams away, but they're... Um, it could be there or thereabouts if, if none of the others above them put a run together. But um, in terms of this game, Leicester-West Ham, oh, it's a difficult one, I think. So I think there'll be a few goals. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-2. Two, two. Very, very fun game, that would be. Um, obviously, this is one of those games that actually is going to be shown on TV. It's going to be on Sky Sports. So if, if you have Sky Sports, Awesome, you can watch that. Um, if you don't have Star Sports, or even if you do have Star Sports, I would highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Uh, Liberty Shield are a VPN provider, and you can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can also save with the new coupon code ROUTER50, that's R-O-U-T-E-R-50, and that gives you 50% off in L-I-T-E Router, Get it for £7.99, and that's valid until the 31st of March. It's awesome stuff. So obviously, uh, Liberty Shield, a virtual private network, technology that encrypts your internet traffic, protects your online identity, hides your IP address, and shields your online data from third parties. You can also avoid geoblock and government-imposed restrictions to access any website. Um, you know, if, you know, I, as obviously there's going to be the NFL Super Bowl this weekend, so I'll definitely be watching the Super Bowl. I don't need to worry about what channel I'm going to be watching it on. I just can search using Liberty Shield and be able to find the channel that's um, showcasing it, whether it's an American channel or if it's Star Sports that's showing it. I, I don't pay too much attention to that because I have access to all of those channels. So I did see which games were being shown on Sky, Leicester, West Ham is one of those, but all Premier League games you'll be able to 
you've got, for example, one to watch on Supersport, the South African channel that shows all Premier League games, you can have Supersport um, using your VPN. So, guys, do definitely go and check them out at libertyshield.com. And we thank them for doing the show. Um, predictions for Leicester West Ham. Uh, maybe it's, it's, it's the neutral fan in me here, but I, I'm kind of enjoying West Ham keeping the rest of the inverted commas traditional big six um, on oh, their toes. Sure. Uh, and, and I hope it continues. And Leicester, I think, would have put a lot of effort against Liverpool. Um, you know, I've been watching part of the game um, at the corner of my eye. A lot of running for Leicester in that game. I think it then favours West Ham with their physical approach. And also, Leicester aren't so hot when it comes to defending set pieces. And we've <laughs> no, seen no. West, Ham, uh, West Ham can come up good when it comes to set pieces. So I've, I've gone a 2 0 West Ham win. Maybe a bit harsh on Leicester, but yeah, I feel West Ham have enough, whether it's set pieces, whether it's en- energy level, uh, to be able to take care of. of Leicester City. We end off the game week with Man United versus Brighton. Of two teams we've mentioned in the podcast, but we kind of predicted a bit earlier on. You've gone one-one. I've gone a two-one win there. Any of the results puts a lot of pressure on United. Game of the weekend, but the midweek game, I think United see it off 
I don't know if it's enough to, to take the pressure off of them um, heading into the rest of the season. But yeah, we, we will see how they get on. We will see how Mitch gets on in Bankhead or Burnett, guys. That is going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug for the overall promote before we wrap up? Uh, not really. Um, no, if you're interested, you can follow my uh, my football coaching business, which is uh, at Letitia Tots on Instagram, Twitter, and I think on Facebook. If you just search Letitia Tots, you'll find us there as well. So that's kind of my only thing to plug, really. Um, that's all from me. But yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. It's um, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been really good. Really good having you on. Um, from my end, guys, go and check out all of the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you could wish for, especially now with this busy period with midweek games and also the weekend games. If you want to catch up on maybe some games that you weren't able to watch, just go and look at those post-match reviews. They're, they're quite in-depth and really good. We've also got the two-footer podcast, which goes daily with uh, Dave Hendrick. Finally, also check out our flagship show, which is um, EPR Roundtable, where Kev sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewing of the happenings around the EPL. Follow the show on the Twitter handle at ATADPredictable. Uh, follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to the EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Guys, give us five stars. Write positive comments if you feel so inclined. Let us know how well Mitch did this week. And if you want him back on, do send those comments, obviously. Um, that's out of my hands, but at least the guys upstairs, the suits upstairs will be able to see that kind of stuff. Um, also go and sign up on EPLindex.com stroke predictions and stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in uh, before the game starts at EPLindex.com stroke predictions each week. If you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index shop as well as £300 cash prize from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. I've been Tinio Chinakira. You can find me on the Twitter handle, at Chad Predict. Uh, huge shout-out to OBC Mania for our entrance song. He's at John Empire SA. Our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. Now, we usually end off with saying your wife is Southampton's favourite daughter. So are, are we going to say you're Southampton's favourite son, or does your dad kind of have... Well, uh, if you um, if you check out my Twitter mentions from other Saints fans, I'm probably definitely not Southampton's favourite. Um, I get hammered for being really negative on there, which I am quite a lot of the time. But um, I've given us a bit of a big up today. I said it was the best we've played in five years, so hopefully I'll I'll be something like that um, for this week at least. Okay, for this week he is Southampton's favourite. So, <laughs> uh, Mitch Lettice um at Mitch. LP76 on Twitter and remember, you're very she's not sure. Came out to Jimenez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka 2-0! Jesse Lingard! Oh, thumping finish! The champions of 2021! Sports Social Podcast Network.